We're in the middle of a sermon series called God in the Wild, and we're focusing on the lessons that God taught the Israelites on their journey through the wilderness. You might remember that they left Egypt with the promise to end up in a land of milk and honey, and yet they end up first in the desert. Well, that doesn't feel good. It's challenging. Have you ever been in a wilderness or desert kind of time? It it can leave us wondering, what is God up to? But the wilderness isn't a failed promise. It's actually part of the promise for them and for us. So for the Israelites, leaving the boundaries of Egypt was the easy part. Leaving the bondage inside of Egypt. And that was another story. They could enter the promised land in a matter of weeks, but becoming the kind of people who could truly receive the promised land, that would take more time. All in the wilderness, though, is where they learn these things. The wilderness is a place where God teaches and matures us to be the people that he's called us to be. I believe that the world is in a wilderness moment. What do we make of what's going on around us? Nothing seems to be the same. How do we live? I think the bigger question is, How will we learn to live differently because we've been in the wilderness? Those are the kind of lessons that God taught the Israelites of the Exodus. And I'm convinced that God wants to teach us some lessons in our wilderness. So today's lesson is that we need each other. And I invite you to turn to one of my favorite stories in the Bible, if nothing else, because it reminds me of the Beverly Hillbillies, and you'll find out why. But this is a powerful and wonderful story. I hope that you'll join me in the book of Exodus. We'll be in chapter 18, where Moses gets the best gift of all, one that all people love, a visit from his father-in-law. I love you, Tommy. (laughs) I'm just playing. Let's hear the scripture. Verses 13 through 27. The next day, Moses sat as a judge for the people, while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning to evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, whose name is Jethro, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You should represent the people before God and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make known to them the way that they are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for the able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy, and hate dishonest gain, set such men over them as officers, over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. 
Let them sit as judges for the people at all times, and let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their home in peace." So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men from all Israel and appointed them as heads over the people, as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times. Hard cases they brought to Moses, but any minor case they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went off to his own country. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you, O God, are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So many of you know that I've got a four-year-old in my house again, and we're starting to hear the same phrase over and over and over. We remember it from the other kids. I can do it all by myself. (laughs) Great, fine. (laughs) Have you all heard that? I can do it all by myself. I mean, at some point, I think this becomes a refrain for nearly every child. You know what they're going to say before they say it, and it's going to be, hey, I can do that all by myself. But this is a good thing. I mean, after all, that's part of uh, raising kids, isn't it? It's good to learn to be independent and to take care of yourself and to be self-sufficient. One of the problems that we run into, however, is when I can do it all by myself becomes a way of life. Somewhere along the course of our maturity, we need to learn to balance our need for independence with our need for other people. And I said need because God created us for community. We need people in our lives. You know, many people, they never grow out of the I can do it all by myself phase of life. It feels good to accomplish things without help, to achieve something through our own efforts and strengths. And honestly, sometimes we just don't know that there's another way. But the truth is, there is so much in our lives that we cannot accomplish and we cannot endure alone. We just can't. At confession time, I am honestly, I'm notorious for trying to do too much on my own. I know, here I am talking about asking for help. Um, Here's an example. Last year, Amanda's car needed new brake pads, and I'm thinking uh, money. So here's what I did. Uh, I went to uh, the new Chilton's book, which is actually YouTube. You can find everything on YouTube. So after a few minutes on YouTube, I was sure that I was an expert. So I gathered the tools. I even got one of them pneumatic wrenches, and I bought the supplies. I got the job done. It was quick, and it was cheap, and I got to use an impact wrench. It was great. Now, a week or so later, I heard a a little bit of noise coming from the back wheels, and because of my new YouTube expertise, I was sure that we were just breaking those pads in, and it it would go away. But it didn't go away. And I decided I better take it to a mechanic, and I am glad I did, because I found out that the wheel was this close to falling off 
Can you imagine what would have happened if that if it, the wheel would have fallen off while we were driving down the road? I should have asked for help to begin with, but I'm bad about that. It's a mixture of my personality and my pride and, and my choices. You know, during times of stress and change, like we're experiencing right now with the pandemic and the responses, we're at a higher risk of isolation, both physically and emotionally. Not only uh, might we not want to ask for help, but there's something about these times of stress that really dig us deep into our broken spots. So someone who is determined not to feel weak will, will dig in and try to do more on their own. And some people are isolated from their usual supportive relationships. Some people resort to bravado when they are anxious or hurting. And sometimes we just don't realize that we need help because we've never been in a situation like this before. You know, a few weeks ago, I interviewed it, interviewed it, I interviewed, I'm not cutting that out of the sermon. It's going to stay on this take. A few weeks ago, I interviewed Morgan Bland. She's a local licensed counselor. And she said in that interview that isolation puts us at an increased risk of depression. And she noted that our relationships affect our mental health, which affects everything about our lives, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I really do encourage you to watch that interview. It's on our Facebook page or our YouTube page. It is well worth your time. But sometimes asking for help makes us feel weak and cowardly. It feels strong and courageous to go it alone. But if we're not careful, we're going to end up like the tire on the back of my wife's car. We're going to end up hurt. Often in life, the bravest thing that we can do is ask for help. And I want to say that again, because that might be the most important thing that you hear today out of this message, that sometimes the bravest thing that we can do is ask for help because we're stronger together than we are alone. And that's precisely what Moses learns through his father-in-law, Jethro. So by the time the Hebrew people get into the wilderness, the scriptures report that there are over 600,000 men. And that count, they, it says, doesn't include the women and children. So the total amount of people in the wandering group of Israelites may have been into the millions. And Moses was doing all of the work of leadership by himself. He was providing food. He was providing water. And he was single-handedly judging every conflict that came up. I mean, just think about how draining it is to deal with one conflict in your life. Can you imagine how many disputes uh, that many people could have? All of this was wearing on Moses. And it was wearing on the people who were having to wait longer and longer, day after day, to see him. And it gets so bad that Moses eventually says to God, What should I do with these people? They're ready to stone me. So, Going it alone was about to kill Moses in more ways than one. But here in chapter 18, his father-in-law Jethro comes to visit, and he watches as Moses settles down to settle some disputes, which he does, the text says, from morning until the evening. And Jethro sees what he's doing, and I wonder, 
uh, I just insert my own thought here, you know, how proud he might have been to look at all the hard work I was doing. But that's not how Jethro sees it. He says, the thing that you are doing is not good. <laughs> that's got to sting a bit, don't you think? I mean, what do you mean it's not good? I've gone from being a shepherd to an important man. These people need me. I'm indispensable. No one else can do what I do. For Moses and for many of us, it can seem like a courageous badge of honor to work ourselves into a state of exhaustion. And like Moses, sometimes we don't realize that we're not alone and we don't have to do this by ourselves. Jethro says, buddy, this ain't good. You're going to wear yourself out, he says. This load is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Going it alone might seem courageous in our world of self-sufficiency, but it's far from courageous. It's dangerous. And Jethro calls him to the more courageous act. Ask for help. And now listen to me, Jethro says, and I will give you counsel. Don't you love it when your father-in-law offers you advice? (laughs) He says, ask for help. Get some of these folks to help you. So it'll be easier for you. They'll bear the burden with you and then you'll be able to endure. And so will all these hurting people who need you. Too many of us, I think, are going it alone. We feel like we've got to suck it up and power through. We might have even heard things like, take it like a man or buck up or everyone has their cross to bear. But let's get honest. We can't do it all. There are things in our lives that are just They're just too hard. And when we get to that place, asking for help can seem just as hard as enduring it. Admitting that we need help puts us in a vulnerable position. I get that. I feel that every time. But let me be your Jethro for a few minutes. You can't do this alone. The load gets too heavy. And there are so many people around you that can come alongside you and ask for and give you strength. And so ask for help. Because when we are not strong enough, God gives us strength through other people. And God gives us the courage to reach out. And when we can't find that kind of courage, God provides for us just like he provided Jethro for Moses. God provides us with people who will help us to be courageous, who will reach out to us, who will encourage us when we are down, who will pray for us when we are hurting, bring us a meal when we're sick, and share our griefs when we are broken. I know it's strange to hear this today because it feels like we're all alone and separated. I mean, I'm leading worship from my kitchen, and many of you are worshiping in a room by yourself or with a small group, but make no mistake, you are not alone. For one, there are over a hundred people online with you right now, worshiping with you. And just because you can't see doesn't mean that you, it's not true. There are people surrounding you who love and care for you. Just because you can't see them right now doesn't mean that we are not all here. The church isn't a place It's a people, and our love isn't confined to a place. 
We are filled with the Spirit of God and the Spirit calls us to love and we want to love and we are filled with love. So I want you to take a moment. Take a moment to think about the people who are worshiping with you. Imagine them. Take a look at their pictures on their little profiles. Think about the people in your community, maybe in your family, in your church family. Picture them. And what you are seeing is a gift from God. These people around you are your support and your strength and your encouragement. The people that you are considering, all of us who are worshiping with you, this is the church. Your church. These are your people. We are your people in Christ Jesus and all of us are on your side. The church. These are the people who will be with you when you're in need, who will strengthen you when you're wearing out, who will help bear your burdens when the task is too heavy for you, who will fix your tire when you've made a mess of it yourself. We're stronger together than we could ever be alone. And some of you, some of you have been going it alone for a long time. And maybe you're just now realizing it. Some of you are like Moses and you've been carrying quite a load all by yourself. And it's starting to get heavy and you're getting weary. And you don't know how much longer you'll have the strength to carry on. Maybe you're caring for your spouse or your children or your aging parents. You've got loved ones who are sick. And maybe you're sick yourself and you need some encouragement and healing. Maybe work is tough or your relationships are struggling or you don't know how you're going to make it through the month on the money that's left in the bank. Or maybe you're just out of sorts, a little confused, a little afraid and not certain what the next step in the world is for you. But I'm here to tell you today that you do not have to do this by yourself. Let us be your community. Let us pray for you. Let us encourage you. Let us walk with you. Let us show you the strength that God gives you through other people. Let God give you the strength through us so that like Moses, you can endure. And through the gift of God's Spirit, you can do it with peace and joy. Going alone in life and bearing burdens yourself, it's not courageous. It's dangerous. We need each other. And God has given us a great gift, the gift of one another. And so if you're weary from going it alone, reach out to us. Use our connection card. Talk on the chat. Catch up with me. Find your neighbor. And church, listen, be on the lookout, especially in these days. Prove to the world that the church isn't a place we go, but the people we are. And the people we are are filled with love to encourage the people around us. Church, somebody needs you. We are better together than we are alone. We need each other. And thanks be to God that he has given us the gift of one another. 
for he's created us in community and provided us the gifts to live fully in community and in his presence. You need somebody and somebody needs you. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the gift of the people that you place in our lives, for the healing that they can bring, for the way that our spirit can rise with just a raise of an eyebrow, an encouraging act. And I pray for people who are listening right now, for I feel like, God, that somebody is carrying a heavy burden and they refuse to let it go. That no matter how many Jethro's they've had, that they just say, no, this is, I don't need help. Father, I pray for them right now. That you would gently break them of their need to go by themselves. That you would open their hearts and convict them of their need and give them the courage to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. And I pray there's somebody out listening, I'm sure, Father, who is in desperate need, but they're covering it up with the external show of having it all together or pushing people away or bravado or even anger. That's all just masking their needs. Father, send somebody to them and show us all how we can encourage other people. We thank you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we sing our closing song together, I want to invite you to consider how has God been speaking to you today? Have you heard something that's just resonating in your heart? Have you felt something that you can't shake? Has God put a distinct realization in your heart? Take that to the Lord as we sing. You can also share that with us. We want to walk with you. Remember that we are your people. You can share that directly with somebody in our chat with me. You can call. Uh, You can put that in our online connection card so that we can reach out to you. Let God do his work in your heart as we sing his praises.